Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to a very <laughs> um, late edition of the Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr, um, going solo today. It's been a wild couple weeks i talked about it on the disgusting brothers pod um i did get a new job i want to say thank you to caleb for saying the kind words on the last on his last insanity it meant a lot i know um i denigrate him a lot but him and bryce and now zach they're gonna be carrying the eastern conference burden for this show making my life a little bit easier um which i appreciate um just a little bit of an update um I know I, we didn't do the last regular season show. We didn't do play-in coverage. We didn't really do, um, you know, funerals. We're, we're going to probably get back to regular power hour stuff. It's just been a little bit of an adjustment period for me, getting back to usual um, stuff. And JD has been, you know, when we're ready, JD and I will be back on the mic, pro- hopefully this week. I'm hoping at some point, you know, because the first round's already started. Um and I wanted to, you know, just give everyone an update. Um, and I, I will be doing this will be a full episode. Um, I'm trying to keep it, you know, under an hour. Um, hopefully, you know, we're going to talk. <laughs> um, going to talk the three teams that I missed. I know we missed the Bucks. We missed the I don't even remember. It's been so long um, since team weeks were even my priority. So we missed the Bucks, Nuggets, and Mavericks. Okay, fun. Um, I guess we have to bury the Mavericks. I might as well just start with that, and then I'll get to the playoff news. The Mavericks. <laughs> what a dumpster fire. Um, so they trade for Kyrie, a trade which I was higher on than my co-host and my insanity friends, and really I was the highest one on, on this network. I was like, hey, if you can get Kyrie, you got to get Kyrie. Um. I think Kyrie, what I've been saying about this is that Kyrie is a symptom, not the disease. The disease is the Dallas Mavericks, okay? Mark Cuban, I'm not going to say he's a bad owner, okay? Because he's not awful, right? We've seen, I'd rather have him than say, like, he's willing to spend, he's willing to do a lot of stuff but the problem is that when push comes to shove his his wanting to go big game hunting will always interfere with what's best for the team okay what was best for the team this year was to go into the offseason with the 30 million in cap space and try to operate maybe hey see if there was a opportunity for a trade you know give up that first round pick that you were gonna have and have all your first round picks available for trade um you know, go big game hunting that way. And instead, Cuban's like, oh, there's a big fish available. Let me get the big fish. Um, part of that could be insecurity, you know, about Luca. Um, and being like, hey, you know, Luca is this Luca is this incredible player who I don't want to lose. Luca's averaging, you know, 30. 10 and 10. He's not that exactly. I think it was like 38 and 8 at the end of the season. But just 
absolutely mind-numbing stuff from Luca. Um, and he's like, I don't want to lose this guy. And he's like, I need to trade for a star. The problem was is that he traded Dorian Finney-Smith, the only person who played defense outside of Maxi Kleba on that team. Reggie Bullock, fine defender. Um, they don't have a center who plays reliable defense. Um, well, this team is built more for playoff defense than it was for regular season defense. The problem is, is that, you know, in order to make the playoffs, you need to play regular season defense. You need to be able to do both. I think if the Mavericks got to the playoffs, they were they would have been well equipped. But of course, we did not get to see that. Um, so now we're in this little predicament where they um, they're going to be outside the playoffs. They're going to have the 10th best odds for the first overall pick. If they get the first overall pick, it'll be hilarious. <laughs> they're not going to probably, although they have a chance. Um, let me pull a tankathon real quick because it's not a 0% chance anymore with the new lottery odds. I always forget that everyone has a real shot. Um, 3% chance at number one, 13% chance at number at the top four. Let's see how many spins it takes for me to get Dallas. I mean, first spin, I got OKC. Two, two spins in a row, I've got OKC in the top four, and they're in the um, top 12. So, and by the way, if OKC... If OKC, Chicago, Toronto, or New Orleans jumps um, Dallas, they are going to be... They're going to lose their pick to the Knicks, just an FYI, um, making this tanking for naught. By the way, um, I should I should note the Mavs blatantly tanked to get that 10 seed. They were they had a technically a shot to make the play in. They they weren't going to make it because OKC won out. Um, but they they had a shot, you know, and they're just like they threw in their cards. They're like, nah, fuck this. Um, we're going to we're just going to lose out. And they. They threw in their cards and they um, were just like, here, we're going to we're going to get the, uh, the 10th pick. And the NBA fined them seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for doing so. And I, I just want to go on a quick tangent real quick. Um, why? <laughs> when the Blazers had a shot at the play in two and the Blazers went. Like. 5 and 20 down the stretch. The Blazers had a legit shot at the play. They they were not out of it and they just they threw their hats in the ring. They sat Damian Lillard for the rest of the season. That's not good enough to get them fined $750,000. Um you know, the the Pistons, they've been tanking for the last 5 years. They sat James Wiseman and or not James Wiseman. They sat down Isaiah Stewart, they sat down Boyan Bogdanovic. That's not good enough to get them fined $750,000. I'm sorry, like either curtail tanking or don't teams were tanking like we knew it was going to happen at some point um it just it happened at the end of the season i guess but it we knew that teams were going to start tanking hard um and, and really only portland only portland and utah really did and portland ended up at five utah ended up at nine but the the Mavs were the one who were punished. I, I guess I'm confused. Um, hey, you know, it's a it's a weird, weird world we live in. Um, 
But the Mavs, their course of action this summer should be adding an actual honest-to-goodness rim protector. Um, they had, well, like, a guy like Nerlens Noel comes to mind. Not, not current Nerlens Noel, but, like, Nerlens Noel a couple years ago. I mean, hell, Nerlens Noel when he was on the Knicks, like, two years ago. I had Nerlens Noel as a candidate for all defense when Mitch missed, like, half that season. Um, I think that guy would be a good for like a guy like that would be a good get for them to pursue. They obviously need another wing, but those guys don't grow on trees. So maybe that's what you pursue with the 10th pick in this draft, or you trade um, your 10th pick for a wing on a bad team. The problem is, is there's not the wings usually don't congregate on the bad teams. Maybe like KJ Martin, someone like that. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they go about this offseason. The Nuggets, I'll save um, when I'm talking about my playoff preview for later in this episode. And then I'll talk about the Bucks because we're not going to get many more chances to talk about the Bucks on this pod until um, maybe the conference finals. Um, given that we're going to be so West-centered. Um, the Bucks closed the season really strong. If you recall, when JD and I did the first Bucks episode, all the way back in, I think, January... Um, I was really down on them. I was like, this team isn't going to, this team doesn't have what it takes. This team, you know, why do they keep doing the same stuff every year? And then they really gelled. Um, and it wasn't like one of those really gelled in March. I don't take March much into account when it comes to NBA stuff. It's, I think March is when a lot of teams give up. Um, and so guys that aren't that great usually step into the void and become like Nikola Mirotic, right? That's how I'll tell you how I know March isn't real. Nikola Mirotic played like MVP candidate in March of 2015. Okay. I was a Bulls fan. Um, there was a game where he outdueled Russell Westbrook. Um, like he straight up, it was him versus Russell Westbrook. Jimmy was hurt. Derrick Rose was hurt. He was the one taking down. Um, and he he beat Russell Westbrook, okay? And Russell Westbrook is probably a top 50 player in the history of the NBA. And in no other context would this happen. And I'm telling you, this is why you can't trust March basketball. <laughs> because weird stuff happens. And I thought Nikola Mirotic was going to be a 17-time All-Star. I know better now, okay? I know that I should have been, I should have not been as fooled last year when Anthony Simons went off and what month did he go off and he went off in March. Um, but the Bucks started to go off like they ripped off a huge winning streak. I think they won like 17 straight at one point and the Sixers finally ended it, I think, at the beginning of March. But still, they they went on an absolute tear. Um, I'm going to look up NBA standings by date. It's one of my favorite absolute pages on basketball reference. Um, cause I'm pretty sure, well, at the new year, they were, they were not the one seed. And after they took the one seed, they, I don't think they relinquished the one seed. So on January 1st, they were 23 and 13. Okay. And then now they finished 58 and 24. So that by my count, that means they finished the season 35 and 11. It's pretty good. Um, if Giannis played seven more games, he's probably the MVP. 
I know it's probably not the best marker to prove who's MVP, but in a year of like extreme like health concerns, I think that's probably a fair marker. Um, and Giannis was hurt for a lot of those. It's not like I, I think a, a lot of what's lost in the new CBA, and I, I need to dedicate like a whole monologue to the new CBA because a lot of it is pissing me off. But this is not the episode for that. Um, I'll just say this is going to be really bad for basketball in in unintended consequences kind of way. Um, Intended consequences for like Herb Simon and Jerry Reinsdorf. But what's happening in Milwaukee isn't going to be able to happen. What's happening in Golden State isn't going to be able to happen anymore. We're not going to be able to see teams sustain success anymore. We're going to see extreme parity like the NFL. And I don't know if that's good for the NBA. Look at okay, little quick diatribe. What's who are the sustaining teams legacy wise in the history of the NBA? Okay, so we're gonna go all the way back to the start. Russell on the Celtics, okay, who he had Sam Jones the whole time. He played with Kuzi for the first half of his career, Havlicek for the second half, okay? His teams were absolutely loaded. Different league, different, you know, obviously different salary structure. Okay. Um 70s, no real dynasties like that. 80s, <laughs> two teams that in under a salary cap would have been impossible to have. But you have the Bird, Mikhail Parrish Celtics, who added like a finals MVP in Dennis Johnson. Uh, it'd be like if it'd be like if the 17 war. I mean, well, it'd be like if the 16 Warriors added Tony Parker prime Tony Parker instead of Kevin Durant kind of I think that'd be like the equivalent um people forget how good Dennis Johnson was and then you have the Lakers who had Magic Kareem James Worthy then you have Byron Scott um a bunch of other good AC Green AC Green would probably be a 20 million dollar player today um you have Kurt Rambis who would be a starter probably you have Bob. You had Bob McAdoo on there at one point. You had um, Norm Nixon. You had so many Michael Thompson. <laughs> Michael Thompson, who at one point was Michael Thompson. Today's equivalent would probably be adding Jakob Pertl as the backup for. I mean, not even Jakob Pertl. It'd be like adding. See, the problem is centers. Let's just do Yaka Pertle. It'd be like adding Yaka Pertle as Jokic's backup. It'd be like, why does the team need this much center depth? And so those teams under this salary cap would have been no more. Okay, the 90s Bulls. Not as star-studded, obviously, but those teams had big threes. Um... First, you had Jordan Pippen, Rod, or Jordan Pippen, Grant, and then Jordan Pippen, Rodman, and those teams had a ton of depth. Those teams had, I mean, those teams don't win without the depth they had. I mean, they went eight deep, but that's really all you needed back then. Um, obviously, the '98 team, you know, you could debate how deep it was, but still, that team was really good. My point is, this CBA is going to kill a lot of these teams, and I think we're going to regret it in the long run. But back to the Bucks. Um, this team is going to roll. This team, they had a little setback versus Miami game one. Miami went nuclear. Um, 
based on six months of Miami basketball, I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, I'm going to take the long sample versus one game. Um, Jimmy was, this is the best Jimmy's played against my Milwaukee in a long time. So I still like Giannis did suffer a big injury. I mean, he fell, hurt his back. Um, seems like he's going to play in game two. Don't know exactly what the word is for that yet. It's only 10, um, 56 central time right now. So still pretty early in the day. Um, point is. I think the Bucks are going to be a force to be reckoned with, but the CBA is going to be bad news for them. Um, and I, I suppose I should, I'll, the other injury news pertains to another series. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and I'll talk about the other big news. I, I might as well just start with that series. Um, I'm going to go preview the other series. Uh, JD and I, I want to do our awards justice. And I, I'll wait till we're both on to discuss our awards. Um, I'll start with Lakers, Grizzlies, and Jaron Jackson did win Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I did have Evan Mobley as my Defensive Player of the Year. Jaron is a deserving Defensive Player of the Year. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. My only quarrel is just the minutes factor. It always has been, always will be. And here's why. Um. Jaron is only playing 28 minutes a game. Now, Taylor Jenkins is coming from that Mike Budenholzer school of playing your guys, you know, and preserving them in the regular season. That's fine. Um, Not my favorite style, but also Jaron does rack up a lot of fouls. (laughs) He does not um, make the game easier for himself. So I think what we have in Memphis is... He's he's a shot blocking monster. He's averaging three blocks a game. Um, insane, like insane rim protection. He can guard the perimeter. He's everything I wanted of a defensive player. I just wish he would foul less. Um, I think this will be the first of many defensive player of the years for him. I think he could have a big series against the Lakers, and he's going to need to have one because Jaws' hand is hurt now. Um, he got hurt trying to take a char- or barreling into the lane. I don't remember who took the charge. Someone was trying to take a charge. Um, But he got hurt game one. Lakers won. They're up 1-0. And I'll tell you this. Coming into the series, even with Jaws and John Perfect Health, I was favoring the Lakers. Um, I think the Lakers have it. I think the Lakers, since the trade deadline, have been the second best team in the West. You could talk me into the first. Um... Uh, let me just pull up since the trade deadline, since I have the standings page pulled up since the trade deadline. OK, on February, I don't remember exactly what date the trade deadline was. I, let's just say I think February 9th, February 9th, the Lakers were 25 and 31. They finished the season. 40. 43 and 39. <laughs> so that means by my math, they went. 18 and eight to close the season. That is a torrid pace that all these other teams would wish to emulate. Okay. If Phoenix had an 18-8 stretch, they would die. Same with the Nuggets. Same with, I mean, the Nuggets actually probably did have an 18-8 stretch. So, but the Grizzlies would kill for an 18-8 stretch. The Kings, um, who are my pick for the team that probably played the best in the second half, 
of the Western Conference, but that's we'll we'll get to the Kings when we get there. Um, I think the Lakers to me, like the King, the Grizzlies have no interior presence. Okay, they have Jaron Jackson, who's incredible inside. But then after that, they have Xavier Tillman, who's undersized at the five, to say the least. They have Santi Aldama. And then after that, who I listen, he was a fun little project this year. It's a fun regular season innings eater. He's not going to fill that hole that was left by um, Brandon Clark and by Steven Adams, both of whom, I mean, Brandon Clark, there was no way he was going to come back. But Steven Adams, there was thought maybe he could be back by now. He's not. And I don't know if he's coming back. Um, this Lakers team is big <laughs> and they're imposing and this Grizzlies team is big in all the wrong spots and this is I think what the real lesson of the Warriors was the Warriors played small but they were big in all the right spots okay and this is what I mean by this okay so let, let's just even go back to the original iteration of that Warriors team I think this is instructive for how teams should try to build their you know, rosters now. So Steph, a you know, average size point guard, six, three, six, four, I think six, three, you know, 200 pounds. He's, he's built now. He wasn't as built then as he is now, but let, let, let's call him 185 back then. Um, Clay, six, seven, 200 shooting guard. Okay. Harrison Barnes, six, nine. Well, uh, let's, let's slide Iggy in at that three spot. Six, six. Um, long ass wingspan and you know built okay Harrison Barnes 6'9 perfect size for a four um for a small four and strong strong like an ox okay and then you have Draymond who's small height wise but wingspan wise makes up for it and is strong as an ox as well so I'm not gonna say the Warriors lucked out they had a vision okay and I, I, again, none of this happens if David Lee doesn't get hurt. So maybe it is luck. Who can really say? But I think the Grizzlies right now, if you want to compare, right? Ja, small. He's six one, like a buck eighty, buck ninety. Let's just let's just give him buck eighty. Um, Desmond Bain, he's big for his position. He's like six five, but he he's built like an NFL player. Um, big body Roddy. He's six four, but He's big, but he's only 6'4". Dylan Brooks has good height for his position, but he's not, like, built like Draymond, right? Like, I don't think David, Dylan Brooks can play the four. Um, he might transition to playing the four later in his career if he, you know, if he doesn't shoot himself out of the league. But I think now he's not a four. He's, at best, like, the most you can slide him up to is a three. Um... I don't like this team doesn't is lacking in guys who who are threes that can play fours, and I think that's the most important thing you can have in the league, right? Like guys that can combo forwards. Um, and th- against this Lakers team, you really need that, especially without your without your other big guys, because um, you really need Tillman. And I don't want to rely on Tillman, right? If if I had my druthers. Their big man rotation would be Jackson, Adams, and Clark. That would be it. But they don't have those. They don't have two of those guys. So you have to rely on Tillman. I'd want to play Jackson and Tillman all 48. But realistically, that's not possible. 
Um, I think Anthony Davis is going to dominate the series. I think I would be disappointed if he did not dominate this series. I think Lakers are just the better team. Give me the Lakers in six. Um, let me go ahead and just talk Nuggets Wolves real quick. And <laughs> the Wolves, man, they've had a journey since the last time we uh, talked on this podcast, huh? Rudy Gobert. I'm going to, um, I think, not to spoil it, because I, I know JD probably won't have the time to listen to this between now and when we record. But he might have some things to say about Rudy Gobert, huh? going to be Rudy Gobert um, and Kyle Anderson. Then Kyle Anderson got chippy in game one. Um, Nuggets are up one nothing on the Wolves. The Wolves, I guess I should give a picture of the West play-in. Um, the Lakers beat the Wolves, who beat the Thunder, who beat the Pelicans. So Thunder and Pelicans are out and uh, the Wolves are in. The Wolves and Lakers are in. Um, the Wolves, though, had a lot of... Um, Jaden McDaniels punched a wall. Thinking it was a curtain? I think that's the best explanation for it. This is before the Rudy stuff went down. And broke his hand. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Um, just really irresponsible and reckless on his part. Especially Jaden McDaniels is probably... If I was going to do my top 100 this year, he's easily a top 100 player. He might even be close to top 75. He's been ridiculously good this year. Um, I just, I don't know how you, that's such a lapse in judgment that it's really bad. Um, Really, really bad. So, but you go, you have all that for Minnesota and then Denver. Um, Denver kind of had a, to get to what I was going to talk about them for the last power hour team, um, they kind of slumped the last couple of weeks of the season. I don't think they cared. I think they knew they had the first seed locked up. I mean, they were the first seed from, let's see, they had the first seed since December 20th and they never relinquished it. Um, as soon as they... Past Memphis, no one overtook them. Um, they were pretty, and they pulled away from Memphis pretty, pretty good in the middle of February. So once they knew they had that cushion, I think they were like, okay, we can just kind of mess around here. I don't know if that's the approach I'd want them to take, but if they're if they feel like they're better prepared for the playoffs that way, then so be it. Um, I don't think Minnesota's a serious opponent for them. I think they should take care of Minnesota in five. I think I would not be surprised if Anthony Edwards wins them a game single handedly. Um, but I don't, I don't think Denver should really struggle in this series at all. I think this, if they do, it's going to be a problem. Um, and I think that they should really, I think that Denver, I was I was impressed by Jamal Murray's performance in game one. Jokic is a monster even when he doesn't um even when he doesn't shoot a whole lot and score a whole lot. And then the Wolves. We're just gonna have to break them down at some point. They're just a complete dumpster fire. And now the two series that everyone wants to hear so much about. I think I'm gonna start with I think I'm gonna start with um Sacramento Golden State. Okay. So Sacramento 
is probably Sacramento's up 2-0. I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, so they played last night. Um, what a hell of a two performances from home by at home by them. Um, now, granted, you're supposed to win home games in the playoffs, so I'm not gonna say like you know I'm not gonna be patronizing and be like, wow, great job, Sacramento, because I feel like a lot of people are doing that. Um, but they've really stepped like. I have to give the team a lot of credit here. They've really stepped up to the ball and they like they've knocked it up to they've knocked it out of the park here. Uh, I'm mixing up my sports analogies, forgive me. Um I still think there's a chance that Golden State can win. But I've been impressed by what I've seen with the defense on Curry. Um they've really been trailing him well. They've really been, you know backlocking him i i want to see if i had a complaint from golden if i was a golden state fan i want to see curry get into the paint more 13 threes compared to eight twos when you're five of eight on twos now it's eight free throw attempts you know that kind of balances it out i guess so if you if you want to be real that's 12 twos to 13 threes okay you know fair enough i think that number should be 15 twos to eight threes maybe 10 threes the point stands, you know, because that would be the same number of shots. Take three of those threes, make them twos. This Kings team can't stop them inside. But this Warriors team put up 43s last night, made 32% of them. Um, Their adjustment in game two is going to have to be, or game three is going to have to be, make, is get into the paint. And also it's going to have to be not step on Sabonis' chest. Um, That was really bad from Draymond. I, I saw some people saying that Sabonis shouldn't have grabbed Draymond's leg. I didn't see like a definitive thing where I thought he was grabbing his leg. I'll be curious. I'm going to ask JD what he thinks when we talk about it. Um, but either way, Draymond has a reputation. So when he does something like that, it just looks worse than like, let's say, let's say Trey Lyles did this to Gary Payton, right? People wouldn't care as much. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, it's Trey Lyle's cool. Um, no one would like no one would care that much. But since it's Draymond and he has, you know, it's Draymond Green, people care. Um, I'm going to say De'Aaron Fox has been not a revelation because I've always believed in him. I've never sold my De'Aaron Fox stock despite, you know, all signs pointing, pushing me to selling De'Aaron Fox stock, you know, like. Oh, hey, you know, this guy, he should be, um, this guy is, you know, he's not that good. <laughs> this guy is one of the worst contracts in the league. Um, why is this guy, you know, why are they keeping this guy instead of Halliburton? You're seeing why this guy is a dynamic playoff score. I knew if you put him in a playoff environment, I said, on the top 100 podcast two years ago, I had him over Ja Morant after Ja was pretty good against the um the Jazz, right? That was the year. Yeah, that was the year they played the Jazz. Um, and I was like, tell me why Dylan wasn't as high on him as I was, but I was like, tell me why he can't do what Ja Morant can do. Tell me why. And I was, I think it's it's a little bit early, but people. 
people have always been so quick to throw this guy away. They're throwing him away after the All-Star game. They're, so, they're throwing him away after um, so many things. And he just needed a chance to prove that he is that guy. And again, he needs to do it in Golden State. It's a lot easier to do this stuff at home than it is on the road. But I've been really impressed by his defense. He's four steals. Um, he's just taking the ball from guys. And it's been really impressive stuff from Fox. I think, you know, anyone who said he wasn't the best player in Sacramento was kidding themselves. Anyone who said it was Sabonis. I'm sorry, Sabonis unlocks a lot of things for them, but I, you knew in your heart of heart, he's not their best player. It's obviously Fox, because Fox drives so much, like... And in game one, Fox was hitting so many tough shots. Like he and on Gary Payton too. It's not like he was like, oh ha, ha let's let's um it's not like he was doing the playoff thing of like draw um draw Clay Thompson over here, draw, you know, weak link over here. He was doing this on on tough defenders. And I think that's Adam Rolls is not the right word, but he's doing the damn thing. Okay, and I'm really happy for him. Also, Malik Monk, um, 25, or sorry, no. I guess that would be 50 points in two games. That would be 25 points a game. Um, only 18 in game two, but he's been, he was incredible in game one, and they don't win without him. Um, I, my longstanding theory is that, not it's not just my theory, but one of the longstanding theories of the NBA is that role players don't play as well on the road. So, we got like last night we got a better game from Sabonis. Um Sabonis kind of no showed in game one. Um and I, I think that's a fair assessment to make because he was missing layups left and right. I, I think Looney deserves a lot of credit for a lot of what Sabonis was missing, but I still think um I still think Sabonis should have made a couple of those. I digress. I think that we're gonna see how they respond in Golden State on a hostile road environment. This is a lot of these guys like so okay. So just looking at the guys who are actually playing for them. Okay. Sabonis so played in what? A couple first rounds for the Pacers. That's I don't think he I don't think they advanced past the first round. Especially with him playing as much as he him being an all-star. They never made it past the first round. Um and when he the only like real playoff intensity he had was that series against the Cleveland and he was the sixth man that year. Um he was not I'm gonna see how he did in that series. I'm curious. It's been <laughs> I haven't been um looking at DeMontis Simone's playoff stats. So that series, twelve and five. Um fifty eight percent from the field. Damn, he was pretty good. <laughs> but then again, Cleveland centers that year weren't the best. Um so he's had a good amount of playoff experience. Obviously Barnes, you know, out of all these guys, Barnes is a champion. He's been there before. Herter had that weird run with Atlanta in 2021. Um, Davion Mitchell, weirdly, has a lot of big game experience, although not NBA playoff experience. I think it's going to be a different atmosphere, although he's been... I, I trust him because, you know, bright lights are bright lights no matter... I think NCAA tournament and NBA playoffs really... Like that stage aren't really that dissimilar in my, my eye. So, but then you compare it to golden States and I think golden state is going to come out in game three with something to prove. 
two zero. They came down from two one last year to Boston. Um, I think two zero. They're not scared of the Kings. I think that they they know they can play better. Um, they know they can get better from the nine for twenty one from Steph. Wiggins is looking better already. Um, I don't know. Give me. I still think the Warriors win in seven. Um, because all the Warriors have to do is win one in Sacramento. But listen, the way the Kings have played, I'm not. I'm. I've been taking them seriously for a while now, and I think you should. If you're not taking them seriously, you're doing them a real disservice. And then I think this is my favorite series of the bunch. Um, I think my favorite series is the. Clippers Suns. Um game two is tonight. Clippers won game one. Um and Paul George is out. It sounds like he's gonna miss the whole series. But honestly, if the Suns keep playing the way they did in game one, that might not matter. Um The Clippers Ty Lu is such a master. Okay. I thought he outcoached Monty in twenty twenty one. They just didn't have the personnel. But there's a difference, okay? Having Kawhi and not Paul George versus having Paul George and not Kawhi. And I think having Kawhi is... Listen, Kawhi... When Kawhi is healthy, he just is one of probably the 20 best players to have ever walked the earth. Now, I can't put him in that top 20 because he's not... He hasn't stayed healthy enough. But man, when he's like actually playing basketball... Can you name 20 guys that are like all time that are better than him? He just, you can't stop him. You cannot, you can throw. Torrey Craig is not a bad defender. Um, Josh Okoye, not a bad defender. But they like 38, 5 and 5. On, and it was like nothing. It was like, okay, haha. <laughs> We're just going to do this casually. And plus, that was about, that was peak Russell Westbrook bad in terms of shooting game. But it was about peak Russell Westbrook good in terms of all the other stuff. I haven't seen Russ play that. Like, and you guys know, if you listen to this pod, I will look for any opportunity to defend Russ. So it's not like I'm like, you know, the Russ haters out there. But I thought that was about as well as Russ played in. Well, let me rephrase off the ball. I thought that was about as well as Russ has ever played. Um, Maybe since UCLA. I think he really made his gate his impact felt and i thought he was i mean he was the deciding factor in that game that block on booker um his defense like his his crashing the glass he was so his presence was felt on the glass like he was crashing the glass super hard but russ um the way he impacted that game to me was more more in the ways you can see like eye test versus box score. I I think this show one of the things that we've been trying to do for the past however many years on the show is show the importance of eye test versus box score and using the box score to back up what you see on the eye test, right? And Something I was texting with Caleb Lynn after the game on on Sunday and something we both agreed on right away is that if we're the Suns, 
we don't want Tori Craig scoring that much again. Be- and we didn't exactly, because I was working, I mean, we didn't explicitly state the reason why. But the unspoken reason is that if Tori Craig has that many points, how many points is KE getting? How many points is DeAndre Ayton getting? How many points is De- Devin Booker getting? Um, and I thought they defended the hell out of Devin Booker, by the way. I think Booker's the guy. If you can take anyone out of the game, it's going to be Devin Booker. It's not going to be... Um, it, let me rephrase. The Clippers had the guys to take Booker out of the game more so than... Um, more so than KD. You don't, there's no one who can take KD out of a game, ever. I mean, you can guard KD. I think Batum could probably do it one-on-one. I think Kawhi could probably do it for stretches. I don't want Kawhi doing it a whole lot. Especially with, you know, how much you need him on offense. But... Russ was playing great on Booker. Um, Terrence Mann. Um, Eric Gordon, weirdly. Eric Gordon's always been, like, a weird defensive player. <laughs> but his body and, like, he's weird, like... He's weirdly quick for his size. Um, he's always been, like, a really good defender. So... He's not where he was, you know, in Houston. But I think I'll take that guy defending. Like, I I like Eric Gordon's defense. So I think he's a good defensive player. Um, Not where, like I said, not where he was. But you have all these defenders you can throw at this team. I think this is, honestly, the Suns' nightmare matchup. I think they would have rather had the Warriors. um, Because the Warriors have a lot more defensive weak spots to pick at. You have Poole, you have... Curry, you, I mean, Curry's honestly less of a defensive liability than it's led on to believe, but you have, um, I think you'd rather have played the Warriors than the, the Clippers. The Clippers look like they're rounding into form right now. And then when they add that Paul George, <laughs> that honestly might be scary. Um, Kawhi looked like prime Kawhi in that game. He was, he could do no wrong. Um, I think the key, so let me go through the keys for both teams in that series. The key for the Clippers is going to be doing exactly what they did in game one, limiting KD, um, limiting Booker and trying to make Chris Paul the hero of this story. Chris Paul was awful in game one. I listen you guys know if I believe in anything, it's calling a spade a spade. He's cooked. Okay. He's done. Um, he's medium rare. Like, whatever. He's. Listen. He can still run an offense. If Chris Paul was willing to accept that he'd be better. You know, in a limited capacity where he's not. This is, this is my thing with starting point guards. This is it's going to sound crazy, but he's 37 years old. <laughs> he could still play in the NBA. I'm going to say that now. But with his level of ego, and he's Chris Paul, he should have this level of ego. I'm not saying it's wrong. But you need to realize that you're not that guy anymore. Okay? You're not the guy who was leading the Clippers to almost conference finals in a loaded Western conference. Okay. You're not the guy who was, you know, who almost, if you were healthy, you could have probably beaten the greatest team of all time. Okay. You are not that guy anymore. You're, you need to be a, 
honestly, his biggest mistake is not turning into Jason Kidd. Okay, what Jason Kidd aged perfectly, perfectly. He turned into a spot up three shooter. He could still run a great pick and roll, but he didn't want to do any of those crazy. Like he would still pull up for the mid range from time to time, but he knew his spot in the pecking order. Okay, that's what if Chris Paul wants to hang around. That's what he needs to do. He needs to turn into a spot up three shooter. He needs to turn into, um, like occasional pick and roll ball handler who involves DeAndre Eaton because let's face it, he's be- like he's, even at his worst, he's still going to be better than anyone else on that team and probably ninety percent of the ball handlers in the league. Um, but it's time to call a spade a spade, man. He's not that guy anymore. He hasn't been that guy since. 2021 in 2021 drew summarily shut him down now that's drew holiday but (laughs) it's still like your two main creators on this team are booker and katie those two guys need to be combining for 35 if not 40 shots a game how many i I need to pull the box score how many shots did those guys combine for in game one um i have basketball reference pulled up we're going to April 16th. There we go. So let's just compare field goal attempts. So Kawhi shot 24 times at 10 free throw attempts. So that's 29 times, let's say conservatively. Um, Katie shot 15 times. Booker shot 19 times. Okay, so they did get to 35. <laughs> they cleared 40 quite easily, actually. So never mind. I was a little bit off base still. Um, well, in that case, I don't know what the solution is then, because <laughs> I mean, Booker was kind of efficient, just looking at the stats. Um, KD was a little less than efficient, but I mean, what is he gonna do? Make two more shots? I mean, if you make two more shots, it's a tie ball game, but. I really don't know where else you can like really the place to go up is for the Clippers. Um, I felt like they were the ones who were leaving stuff on the table. And man, (laughs) I still think the Suns can win the series. I'm thinking Clippers in six, though. I think Suns win game two. This is is how I envision it happening. Okay, Suns win game two. Salvage um, home court or come away with something at home. Clippers they split again in um, L.A. And then Clippers win the last two, I think. And then we're going to go into the offseason. And it's going to be crazy questions about um, what's going on with the Suns. What's going on with the Clippers. Or yeah, what's going on with the Suns. And then the Clippers. So right now my second round is going to be. Um, just in case you're wondering at home. Right now my second round is. I got Lakers versus with the Lakers be playing Lakers versus Warriors. And then I got, um, and then I got Clippers nuggets from there. I think I'll take Clippers Warriors and then I'll take the Warriors in the East. I'll go. I mean, I'm going to just go chalk in the East bucks. Um, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, 
and then I'll go Bucks, Sixers, Bucks, and then <laughs> the finals I've been predicting for years. I think this is the year it actually happens. I think this is the year it actually happens, and then Giannis is going to rip their hearts out. Um, Bucks and six. I think Bucks. I think Giannis is not going to be denied this year, but we'll see. It's a lot of possibilities. Um, the NBA playoffs is going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you're checking out all of our coverage. Um, Lynn Sanity is doing a lot of great stuff on the Eastern Conference. Um, in the Eastern Conference, first round is not going to be. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be, a, especially with the Atlanta series. Um, Atlanta is probably the weakest link in these playoffs. I don't think it's close. But when they get to the second round, boy, it's going to be. That's probably going to be the best. Um, series there are because Boston Philly and Milwaukee Cleveland or Milwaukee New York you know there's there's still a chance I'm not going to rule New York out but I think either way those series are going to be a lot more entertaining than even these first round series in the West are um so but Linsanity is always great and especially with Zach um excellent wild card edition there um make sure you're checking out Zach's podcast um Circle City Cinema Make sure you check out the Mandalorian episodes. Mandalorian, I think this is, this week's the last episode. Um, not like this episode that's coming out today, but like the of Circle City Cinema, but the Mandalorian, I'm pretty sure this is the last episode. Um, so make sure you check that out. Um, and make sure you check out Disgusting Brothers Succession. I still need to watch the episode from this week. Um, make sure you check out all of our great offerings on the Running Hook Network. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll see y'all next time.